Thank you, Koyo. Uh, we're, we're, you know, extremely excited to have you all here at 154, and we have, you know, I have the pleasure of, of uh, introducing our wonderful panel. Uh, beginning with BC Silver. BC Silver is an independent curator and founder and director of the Center for Contemporary Art Lagos, which opened in December 2007. She co-curated The Progress of Love, a transcontinental collaboration across three venues in Nigeria and America. Um, she was co-curator um, of JD Okie-Odike. We're all getting our pronunciations wrong. Um, yeah, uh, and that's Moments of Beauty um, at the Kiyosama Museum of Contemporary Art in Helsinki. Um, she was also uh, curated uh, Praxis, Art in Times of Uncertainty in September 2011. Uh, Silva has participated in several international com conferences and symposia and written essays for many publications as well as international magazines and journals such as Art Forum. We also have um, Amado Chabture. Um, Amado Chabture is professor of aesthetics, uh, previously lecturing at the AINA, uh, National Institution of Arts. Um, he was director of Chab Gallery from 2000 to 2006, the first contemporary African art gallery in Mali, until its move to Bamako in Segu. Uh, where it became a space for arts known as Carpe Diem, which is also showing upstairs at 154 Contemporary African Art Fair. Uh, further incorporating a bookshop and a coffee shop, um, Toure is also an independent curator, writer, and art critic. And then uh, we have Antonia Carver. Um, uh, Antonia Carver became um, Art Fair Director of Art Dubai in August 2010. The fair includes exhibitions of over 75 galleries across the world, um, some of the most established and up-and-coming art spaces in Asia, the Middle East and Africa, um, and has an extensive non-commercial program including um, the Global Art Forum, commissioned projects, artists uh, um, and curators and residencies. Antonia has been based in Dubai since 2001. Um, yeah, uh, Antonia has written extensively on Middle Eastern art and film, and she was cor art correspondent for the art newspaper. Um, she is a member of the programming committee of the Dubai International Film Festival. And then finally, uh, hosting the talk, we have uh, Valerie Kobov, uh, Kabov, who's uh, here from uh, third floor gallery, which is also showing upstairs. First floor. In first floor. Uh, <laughs> Showing upstairs, she is an academic, a writer, an educator, and a cultural ad advocate based in Harare, uh, Zimbabwe. Uh, her educational practice, research, writing, um, and welfare of artists is a nexus between audiences, policy, and the art market in localized and a global in a localized and globalized context. In 2009, uh, Gallery Co Co Valerie co-founded First Floor Gallery in Harare, Zimbabwe. Um, she is also co-founder of Art and Dialogue, a professional development program uh, training EU-based art educators, curators, and cultural managers. Welcome our panel of speakers. Thank you. Do I need a, do I need a, the microphone? I need the microphone. Uh, welcome, everybody. Is my microphone on? No. Yeah, it's on. Attend. Just, it's on. Great. Welcome, everybody. I think uh, London is uh, an interesting place to be hosting a discussion, and we have representatives here from the London, the most recently established uh, contemporary art market, uh, moving through to Dubai, uh, a market in process of 
establishment and uh, Africa, which is um, a market where a nascent, a nascent market, a nascent uh, industry in progress. And I think it's very important to remember in the context of this discussion while we're sitting in London, which uh, everyone, uh, we live in a time where everyone assumes that everything that we experience is the way it's always been. But I remember living in London way before freeze, way before young British artists were famous or rich, even before Charles Saatchi was a megastar and a multimillionaire. So, and that was, uh, that was the early 90s. <laughs> so, so the exciting thing about this is to recognize that uh, centers of contemporary art can shift and evolve very rapidly. And in the context of this discussion, I think it's uh, really interesting to see and to reflect on uh, what it takes to become an art, uh, to establish an art scene, what are the challenges in the context of contemporary African art, uh, you know, what could be the pathways and what could be, and what we can do, and what is the role of the market in, develop, in developing a contemporary art scene, because it's a holistic role. Um, I think, uh, uh, so in, in this context, uh, Dubai, you know, Art Dubai was uh, a very, is a very interesting experiment, and I think Antonia is a veteran of uh, Dubai, I would say. I mean, she's been there for uh, well over a decade. And so she can comment not only as a director of uh, uh, Art Dubai, but also, you know, which has been for the last three years, but also somebody who has seen an art scene evolve, right? And uh, uh, the interesting thing is in this context is also to recognize that, uh, uh, and I think uh, that uh, sales at art fairs now constitute well over half of direct art sales. In, uh, in the global contemporary art market. Uh, this means that um, this, is, uh, this is not only the most audience facing, this is also the most uh, revenue generating source for contemporary art. And uh, this is an art scene in which contemporary African galleries and galleries on the continent have very low participation. So the crucial aspects that I would want to raise in this discussion and highlight is that, uh, that you know, what are the pathways to participation and what are the challenges to participation? Uh, because those challenges are actually impact on the growth of industry on the continent and the welfare of artists, which is very close to my heart. So, uh, so I'd like to introduce Antonia with a comment, I guess, on, uh, on the emergence and, or, and I guess the structure for emergence of the art market in uh, Dubai. And, and then your role, I guess, uh, in Art Dubai and your ideas for it, and then also with a view to talking about Marka. Okay, great. Um, do I need the microphone or can you all? I think I'm mic'd up, right? Yeah, so sure. I'm yeah, fine. Yeah. Mm. Would you have to hold? No, no. Yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, thank you so much for that really nice introduction and also to Koyo for inviting us and, and the fair as a whole because I think it's a super urgent discussion. And as you were saying about the, when you were talking about the funding, I think it's always essential to be able to put things in context and discuss them. And, and from, you know, for us particularly, it's really great to have this kind of post-marker brainstorm. <laughs> I thought we never had a chance, so this is really nice. So thank you for that. Um, so yeah, just to pick up on, oh, oh, by the way, I think these are just a roll of images of 
some of the works and spaces that were shown as part of Marker last year, and we can maybe come on to that in a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been living in, in Dubai now for 11 years, which in Dubai years is probably about 111. <laughs> the rate things develop there very quickly. And um, so I moved there in 2001 when the city had just a very small handful of galleries and some were more shops selling watercolours of camels and, and that kind of thing, and not necessarily contemporary art spaces. But it was a city that's changed over the last decade very radically and been through a kind of boom and then a, a, and then a crisis and sort of come out the other side. And in that time become something of an art city. But the way the city developed has been in a very kind of jumbled up, almost postmodern kind of way. I mean, people's expectation if they look at a city like London or Paris that things will happen in a linear fashion and begin with education and museums and then a market comes after and there's this kind of, uh, yeah, this sort of progression as it, uh, is, has really not happened like that at all in the Gulf. And there are some real plus points. And as you know, the point you made about thinking this is the way things should always be done, I think is is always really vital to bear in mind. And it's something we think about a lot at the fair of how we can use this site to do things differently and to think anew about institutions and the commercial and the non-commercial and the blurring between, and, but in a kind of innovative and interesting way, we, we hope, while surviving in this contemporary art market scene, which is sometimes challenging. So um, in the space of those 10 years, uh, Dubai has now spawned around 40 galleries. Um, a handful of those galleries now show at international fairs, including Freeze, Basel, and if that's a measure of, of something. And, um, and also the city, and this is perhaps where it gets really interesting, has um, really become a kind of hub. I mean, I, I think for many people who live on the continent, I mean, this is something we discussed a lot, it's obviously become a hub for, um, for business, uh, for, for travel, communication, and, and of course within the art scene or the art market you need all those things as well to connect with people. So there are two aspects to the city, one of which is the local art scene, and as you said, yeah, a lot of their activity takes place, or the main kind of market activity takes place during March during Art Dubai, but they exist the rest of the year round two. And then there's Dubai as the international hub, and the way that um, from that corner of the world, we're looking out towards Africa, towards the Arab world, towards Iran, and towards South Asia. And that's our kind of prism on the world. And when um, the fair began in 2007, um, it was actually the first really sort of big international fair in Asia, which is now something to maybe pick up on because, as you said, people always think these things have been around forever. Yeah. But of course, after Art Dubai came Art Hong Kong, um, Art Stage Singapore, a huge kind of proliferation of fairs and biennials and events in Asia and in the Middle East. And of course, increasingly in, in Africa, uh, Africa too. And um, uh, the fair began with 40 galleries. It's now grown to 75. But at that time, the rhetoric was part of this kind of post 9-11 moment where people were really talking about East and West and bridges and all this kind of uh, conversation. And I think what's interesting to look at now is the contrast that we have now where we're really talking about a kind of archipelago of centers. People don't necessarily take it as red that it's something uh, that there's a kind of London, Paris, New York axis, and then there's the rest of the world. I think there's been that, that shift has really taken place. And it's good and to it's remember good, the yeah. early 2000s where people thought it was kind of extraordinary to be part of the world mm -hmm. <laughs> when you were sitting in, in, in London. 
And, um, well, I remember the fall of the Berlin Wall. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that exactly. makes you feel really ancient. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you know, in the late 1990s, yeah. globalization became yeah. very exciting all yeah. of a sudden, and it seems almost kind of quaint to look back on that kind of assumed time of, of power structures. And um, and the, what's interesting now, I guess, is that it's recognised that perhaps the most urgent conversations to have are between the different art centres that exist on the African continent, those in the Middle East, looking across to Asia, and for us to have these kind of conversations back and forth. And it so happens that a byproduct of that is that that is very interesting to museum directors, curators, critics that are living in Europe and America. Can you comment? I've probably gone yeah. off on a million. No, no, subjects, but so. can you comment just to bring it back to focus to the market, right? Mm. And so, what what sort of market are you dealing with in Dubai? Because, like, my observation is, it's still uh, you, you you know there is a strong local base to the market, but at the same time, uh, I feel that your role in Art Dubai is is a market, market building role, mm -hmm. which is why I guess uh, the educational program becomes so important. Um, my, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll sort of I'll touch, I'll bring in. Uh, comments on Marka and the uh, motivations for Marka just uh, in, a, in a second, but to my, my observation on the content of the fair as a whole is that it's still an emerging oh. audience, right? An emerging audience in need of uh, uh, broadening and, uh, and reasonably conservative just uh, because most of the... See, we've got comments from the floor already. Um, uh, I understand. Uh, so, um, so, uh, and to my mind, most of the European galleries, while the participation is great, uh, tend to exhibit uh, catering to the local taste. So, uh, uh, predominantly Middle Eastern artists or um, or expatriate Middle Eastern. Art. I mean, there's a large proportion of that happening. So, yeah. uh, so to what uh, can you comment on? Uh, the direction or sort of the education and market building role that you that you're taking in the yeah. art fair. I mean, obviously, to establish a fair in a place like Dubai, it's very different to a city that already has a kind of uh, solid in arts infrastructure. We didn't really have that at the beginning, and and still now it's an urgent question. Maybe we can come to that later about how we. I think we're in the same boat when it comes to things like that. Um, so I think the role of the fair was a very different one to other fairs, and it's something that's actually grown organically as we've, as we've grown. Um, there was a recognition that you need to build an art scene from the ground up, and that's not only the fair. I mean, a lot of the commercial galleries that existed in Dubai from the very beginning also had film nights and lecture programs and things that were not normally the activity of a commercial uh, venture because people wanted to give back to the city, and also there was a total lack of infrastructure that existed there already. And... Um, so we, uh, you know, I think there's, uh, it's maybe worth mentioning also that in the early 2000s, there were obviously lots of mini markets existing around the place, particularly in Beirut, in Cairo, in Tehran, in Amman, and other cities. But they didn't, at that time, there wasn't necessarily a recognition that they were part of a Middle Eastern market. And of course, these, this geography is slightly uh, kind of um, arbitrary, really. I mean, we, we share North Africa between yeah. the, <laughs> the continent and the Middle East. It's and marketing niche. Exactly. And the term Middle Eastern um, art is really sort of a construct of the last decade. But I mean, it's obviously a, a very handy, useful one, and we use it all the time. But it's, uh, it's complicated. 
And um, those, the way that Dubai acted, which is very similar to what it's done in business, in uh, for the advertising industry, for tourism, uh, for air, you know traffic and, and airports and things like that, is that it brought those kind of various art scenes together and created a kind of conglomerate or a, a meeting point. And then all the time we've had this sense that we need to build from the ground up and hence doing lecture programs all the year round. We now have a little Saturday kind of art school for artists and curators coming up and and we've put a lot into residencies and um, artist projects and discussion programs and, and that kind of thing and I think for any fair worldwide we probably have the biggest kind of non-commercial programming and it's recognized that the commercial needs to feed the non-commercial and this is a kind of social business if you like but nobody's going to get rich from this art fair and it's uh, more about sort of pouring back in and then we'll see a very long term and so i mean this is a nice intro to just uh, discuss marker and so the motivations for Mm. marker as a project as a discrete project within art dubai how long has marker been happening um well it started in 2011 which is my first year as director and that year we had a kind of introductory program the idea was to focus on a particular theme or geography and, and really kind of highlight what was happening in that particular, uh, through that particular prism. And um, it was also, I guess we have this sort of moniker of being a fair of discovery. And the idea was also to lend that kind of international platform to an emerging center or, or kind of theme and, um, and allow the sort of international community coming in to begin to sort of grasp so, a bit. So just to there. explain, Marker mm-hmm. uh, works as a project within the art fair where uh, a, set, uh, a set number of galleries, usually, I mean, you know, like roughly around eight or t- five, five. Five, to, five to eight, is it five? Five galleries. Five mm. galleries are profiled as a special exhibition program with a focus. Mm. Yeah. And we invited BC um, last March to, or a year ago, as, as Koya said, to take on um, this idea of showcasing West Africa within the fair. And we'd always, I mean, from the beginning, we were a little bit nervous about going down the kind of geographic route, but then we realized that it was actually just a very uh, sort of handy and easy way to be able to connect in, in some way. So, um, and the other idea with Marker is also that quite often these spaces are non-commercial spaces, foundations, art centres, not necessarily galleries, and it was a way, hopefully, if, if people sold their, their art, that they could support themselves and their artists and begin to sort of um, help with that problem of, of infrastructure as well. So, so it was a real, yeah, I want, yeah. So should say publicly thank you to you and to all the spaces that, that participated, because I know it was quite a journey, wasn't it? And, and it was, um, but really, it was a really interesting and fantastic thing for us to do. We're very grateful. So maybe I can now hand over to Busy to mm. say. So, uh, how did uh, I mean? How did the whole relationship with uh, Art Dubai begin? And what was your motivation and interest in in, um, in taking on the role? Well, I think I'm not sure if Antonio remembers, but um, I visited. Um, Sharjah in I think 2007 and um, tried to make contact but unfortunately we couldn't meet up Um, but in 2000 and I'm really bad with dates uh, two three years ago I visited um, Art Dubai no actually not last year maybe yeah two years ago I visited Art Dubai because I think that it's important that um, African artists begin to think about different audiences that go beyond just a Euro-American audience. And personally, I was interested in having more relationships with um, what I call the global, or what's now called the global south. 
and I thought, well, you know, Dubai would be um, a good um, place to start. One, I'd been there before. Two, I'd been following art in the Middle East. And um, three, a lot of Nigerians also tend to go to Dubai. It's actually um, a place we call the second home of Nigerians. <laughs> um, so I thought that, you know, with these three aspects, what are the possibilities of engaging with um, the art fair in, when I went in 2000 and, when 2000, 2012, I think, I met up very briefly with um, Antonia and talked about um, my interest. Um, at that time, it wasn't um, so much about Mark, it was about CCA um, um, taking part in the art fair. And she mentioned that they'd actually been thinking about inviting Mark, um, inviting Africa to Marka and she was not comfortable with doing the whole of Africa, which I'm also not interested in doing because how can you do that with five um, booths? And um, you know, I thought it's better that they decided <laughs> um, they decided on a region and um, if it was going to either be north, um, east or south, southern or west Africa. And um, a few months later, she got back to me and said they would like to work with me and would I um, suggest um, an idea, a proposal, put through a proposal. And of course, um, I'm more comfortable with West Africa than I am with um, East Africa. And I said that there's some very interesting spaces as well that are doing really interesting work. And let's start with West Africa. And maybe in two or three years time, you can now um, also come back and um, look at East Africa. Mm. Southern Africa. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, Southern Africa, Southern Africa. or Central Africa. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you can come back again to West Africa. Um, but can I just, uh, was this your first uh, time to engage with, a, I guess, a broadly commercial, because your practice with CCAs is a not-for-profit, not -profit, yes. an institutional. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And was this your first time experience to work no. with an art fair or with... Uh, no, I um, participated um, at the Johannesburg Art Fair in 2009, 10, um, a few years ago. I participated twice um, at the Johannesburg Art Fair, and that was interesting but complicated. Um, the financial um, costs are extremely high, and it's not something that we can divert funding that we receive um, from funding bodies to. So we have to either find corporate sponsors or find other ways of sponsoring those um, activities. And also, I think at that time, the South African market was predominantly local. Um, if you weren't showing South African artists, then it was very, very difficult to um, actually sell work, which, of course, defeats the purpose. After two editions um, at the Johannesburg Art Fair, I wanted to try other markets, and that's why Dubai became an interesting Possibility and, and so uh, how does uh, I mean? Can you just reflect a little bit on your experience, uh, both as a curator but also as a participant in in the project? And then we can perhaps ask Shav for for comment as, I think, as a participant. Um, as a curator coming to an art fair, the problems are, you know, how do you? I don't work with a lot of commercial artists, so how do you get round 
working in a more um, conceptual way, more experimental way, and taking that work to um, an art fair. Um, most of the organizations that um, I invited, which are raw material, Koyo um, here, Chab um, in Mali, Douala Art in um, Cameroon, Nbuki Foundation in um, Ghana, and CCA Lagos, um, of which I'm also the director. Um, you know, how do we s sort of move away from the work that we normally do, which tends to be more experimental, and um, present work that would attract um, a collector base that um, is looking for work that's, I would say, you know, dare I say, more decorative. Um, so that's user friendly. User friendly. User friendly, <laughs> user friendly or, in, you know, house friendly. Um, so already sort of thinking about, you know, those um, um, challenges. But um, we started off with a theme, you know, a general, a very broad theme about the city, and that's something that's been discussed a lot um, in um, um, across Africa, um, the, the the cities in transition. And I think that that allowed each venue to um, pick from or to source from a wider um, um, group of artists. And that way they could have a mixture of work that was um, user-friendly or buyer-friendly and others that are more um, um, experimental. In that way, you can actually have a hybrid. And that's also what's in, you know, what I'm interested in. I'm interested in that because, one, in the context in which um, I work. There's very little funding from the government. The corporate organizations are only now just beginning to um, think that the visual arts are something sexy to sponsor. So how do I um, continue to do the programs that I do, which don't sell, but at the same time generate income that allows the organization to function in an as independent as possible way, and that means free from always having to apply from funding from um, mainly Europe. Um, and I think these are concerns that we all have across yeah. Africa. Yeah, that's a paradigm that yeah. is very common. Uh, and yeah, and I think that's, I mean, it's something that perhaps also, I mean, do, do you want, uh, do, I mean, I want to, we'll all come back no, to that in the yeah, discussion, but, then, but I was yeah, really sure. interested to hear about your experience of Dubai, uh, Dubai and the marker, like in a direct way as a participant, then in the, as, oh, uh, in the CCA. Okay, I'll just start very quick and short, we didn't sell much. Um, but no, I think that um, it was extremely, um, how would I put it? enlightening um, there was the response was extremely positive um, I think as a group um, we had really surprising um, um, responses for example um, the Nubuki foundation they did I think 90 at least 90 percent um, of sales um, which was absolutely amazing, bringing an artist mm. to a new market for the first time. And out of the six works that they took, they sold five. And I'm not sure if the last one sold afterwards. Um, so that's amazing. 
Sorry. With Glover. With Glover, mm. Abladi Glover. Mm. That's uh, that was amazing. Um, um, raw material also did very well. Um, I think they would have done sixty to seventy percent, um, if not more. At least um, the last count. Um, new artists, new market. So I think that it's you know really um, gratifying to be able to go into such a context and have such an, uh, an amazing result. Um, and um, Dwala Art as well, they did very well, um, as did... Um <laughs> as did Chab. Um, I think that um, CC was a little bit more experimental, um, yeah. you know, with what we brought maybe. Um, that's why there was a lot of interest. And we did have um, one or two sales, you know, afterwards. Um, we had yeah. a sound, um, sound artist. We had an illustrator, we had a sort of a mixed media um, artist, and I wanted it to be quite um, mixed. Um, we could have brought just paintings or maybe mm. just photography, but I thought that with the kind of you know phenomenal support that we received from Art Dubai, you know that was just you know amazing. Um, it allowed one to be sort of more experimental. Um, if CCA was footing the whole bill 100%, then maybe I would have bought, you know, more um, house-friendly um, um, works. And, you know, the, the, the interest also from um, other organizations and other cultural producers in um, Dubai was phenomenal. They wanted us to come back and do, you know, pop-up projects or do other exhibitions, some of which we will um, try and um, take up, you know, maybe not immediately, but at least in the, in, in the, in the coming years. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe this is a good opportunity to ask Sheb on well, how was your experience directly as a participant, but also in the context also don't, uh, of your practice or your work in uh, Mali, Mali, right? So what does it mean? Because one of the concerns that I have is that as, you, as you've raised the issues that the predominant structure for operating mm. on the continent is that of a not-for-profit, yes. which, mm. creates, which creates non-commercial experience and non-commercial yeah, paradigm, sure, sure. which means that a lot of African art uh, managers yeah. are not experienced in dealing with the market, market, even though you can have you know, 20 or 30 years of experience yes. of working in the arts and yes. dealing with artists. Yes. You have very little uh, direct context for with with a with a market based audience, what does it mean to sell? And then there's kind of an potentially an inherent fear of uh, of that engagement. So how do you feel? Are you okay? I understand what you, your vacation. I just ask it to everybody to uh, let me speak French because I'm I'm very <coughs> easy in French. So I have. Uh, a young uh, girl will, tra will translate for me. Non, non, c'est bon, c'est pas la peine de traduire. Juste pour répondre <coughs> à sa question, moi j'ai été à, à Dubaï comme euh, quand Armstrong allait sur la lune. C'était un peu comme ça pour moi. C'est vrai que <laughs> Bissi, que je connais depuis longtemps, elle me dit un jour, elle m'appelle, elle me dit Chab. Tu, tu es où Je dis, je suis à Ségou. Il dit, bon, il faut qu'on se parle. Bon, on commence à se parler au téléphone. Elle me dit, Dubaï, je dois présenter cinq galeries africaines à Dubaï. 
J'ai dit, wow, c'est quoi cette histoire J'ai dit, moi, Dubaï, c'est les téléphones, c'est les... les Maliens vont à Dubaï tous les jours pour, vendre des... pour acheter des téléphones qu'ils viennent vendre okay. au Mali. Le Salut. marché. <coughs> euh, je, je te... Tu peux commencer <laughs> Si je vais vite, tu me dis. Donc, pour dire, you know, my visit to Dubaï was like Armstrong to the moon. That's why everyone laughs. <laughs> How many non-Francophones do we have in there? <laughs> many. No, she's okay. Maybe, she maybe. Yeah, 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 go, yeah. Yeah, she can just give us. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm strong part. Mm -hmm. uh, then BC calls Shav uh, to, and say, where are you? They talk, and she, she announces him, to him that she needs five Garys. And uh, Shav says that to him, uh, Dubai refers to... Uh, Um, people going there to buy phones in order to resell them. Et c'est vrai que l'idée, l'idée que des que de, 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 des œuvres d'art, des artistes africains puissent être à Dubaï, pour moi, c'était un truc fabuleux. C'était extraordinaire parce que je ne pouvais même pas rêver que ça pouvait arriver maintenant. Parce que bon, bah, je ne voyais pas du tout la possibilité. C'est pour dire combien c'était important cette idée. Euh, qu'ils ont eu à une édition qui était, était la septième édition, mmh. c'est ça. Donc euh, ouais. c'est génial d'avoir eu cette idée si tôt. Mmh. Pour moi, so, c'est déjà une chose extraordinaire. Donc mmh. so l'idée d'avoir des œuvres d'art d'Afrique à Dubaï était, pour moi, fabuleuse et extraordinaire. C'était quelque chose que je ne pouvais pas rêver. Et c'est pour dire comment important c'était qu'ils l'ont fait pendant la septième édition. Et comment ton expérience Oui, moi je n'ai pas, pas vendu, comme elle dit, j'ai vendu très peu et j'ai vendu après la foire. Mais, mais, il y a un grand mais. Euh, avant Dubaï, la première foire euh, importante que à laquelle j'ai participé en tant que galerie, c'est la foire d'Arco de, de, à Madrid en 2004. Et j'ai beaucoup vendu. Et puis après, je n'ai pas eu les possibilités de repartir, ce n'était pas grave. Mais en 2006, il y a une jeune femme qui m'envoie un mail. C'est une galerie iranienne. Elle me dit, est-ce que vous pensez que c'est intéressant d'aller à Arco Je lui ai répondu, je lui ai dit, mais pourquoi vous me demandez à moi Elle me répond, elle me dit, j'ai vu dans le catalogue de Arco 2004 que vous y étiez. Et vous êtes la galerie la plus proche de moi économiquement. Et donc, je voulais savoir votre avis. Mmh. Je lui ai dit, ben voilà, déjà, le fait de me voir dans le catalogue d'Arco, mmh. ça vaut le coup que vous vous y alliez. Mmh. Et elle m'a dit, vous avez parfaitement raison. Et donc, c'est pour vous dire que moi, Dubaï, rien que d'y aller, de montrer les artistes que je défends, pour moi, c'était très important. Et je me suis dit, je vais inévitablement vendre. Et j'ai vendu. J'ai vendu après Arco. Mmh. Trois mois après... J'ai vendu une pièce importante à une galerie qui est d'ailleurs en ce moment à 154. C'est euh, euh, le, le musée de, Mona, de Malabo en Guinée équatoriale. Ils m'ont acheté une pièce qu'ils ont vue à Dubaï. Et j'ai vendu. Euh, oui, il faut qu'elle traduise. Mais j'oublie, 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 il faut qu'elle traduise. Ça, ça va être difficile pour toi. <rire> on va Thank couper, you. on va couper, on va demander Shall à chacun d'expliquer à son voisin. Um, yeah. He was actually yeah. talking a little bit about um, the first time he went to an art fair was in 2004 Four. to yeah. Arco. And in, at Arco in uh, Madrid, he sold 
a lot. He did very well there, but you know, due to you know circumstances beyond his control, he was unable to attend again. The second. Um, did you go again in 2006? No, 2006? No, someone... You go, you go to, okay, so in 2006, maybe, uh... two years later, a gallery from Iran got in touch with him to ask that, is it worth her while taking part in ARCO? And he asked her, but why are you calling me to find out about that? She, she goes, because I looked through the catalogues and, you know, you seem to be the closest person or closest <laughs> region gallery. Yeah. gallery to what I'm trying to do. So basically two galleries, I guess, from you know countries that are not known for their art <laughs> participating. And you know, he said the fact that I'm in the gallery, that you know about me, that you've called me, means that it's actually worth your while, you know, taking part. So um, what do you say for that? Yeah, so, uh, Dubai for me. So Dubai yeah. was sort of just to be in Dubai exactly. for me. Excellent. I haven't sold in Dubai, but it's important to be there and to present to the artists. To present artist. the artists uh, that he yeah, represents, yeah. that he defends, that he believes in. But what is good is that three months after Dubai, he did sell um, some work. So in the end, you know, something has come yeah. out of that experience. So I want to rate, yeah, one, yes, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm no, sorry, saying, yeah. Just, um, yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying is really important because so many galleries, I mean, regardless of where they're from, and, yeah. and uh, often say that, that it's the after sales. Mm. And also just about um, this idea that it's not all down to necessarily what's being bought at the fair, but sure. this kind of long-term marketing yes. exercise yeah. where yeah. museum directors and curators will see your booths and, and begin to, think and yes. we I mean part of our aim uh, you know BC yes. and, and, and I were just sort of thinking how do we shift those people's thinking so yeah. they actually put West Africa on yeah, their radar exactly. and make yes. that natural part of their research I, process. I mean my impression was is that perhaps uh, Marco was presenting the most courageous work you know uh, in the fair in, in the sense that the less uh, that uh, more innovative than uh, than the rest of the, the commercial galleries taking part and so so you have to respect that sort of um, sort of in, in endeavor in a yeah. in a real sort of but endeavor sense of the word of, like I said the support that you know we received um, you know which the other galleries weren't so if we were you know yeah. on our own then maybe so would it have been as innovative so yeah, that was kind of our deal, wasn't yeah. it? So yeah, yeah if we sort of supply the, yeah. the space and invite, then exactly. there's a chance to actually push the envelope a little bit mm -hmm. and watch you show. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I wanted to raise an issue uh, that is very dear to my heart, is, and that is uh, looking at uh, domestic markets for contemporary mm -hmm. art in, on the continent mm -hmm. itself. Now, mm -hmm. so in Dubai, most, I mean, I know there's a huge expatriate contingent, mm -hmm. vast, but at the same time, there's a local market that is emerging. <laughs> And, uh, and that you're developing in the course of the year as well. Uh, one of the key things in participation in the market is, is that a local art scene is supported in, in its own local environment. Uh, and that is one of the big challenges for contemporary art uh, in practice. And I wanted, so while we participate in international fairs, I had, uh, I had a very provocative question asked uh, of us by BBC uh, journalist uh, this afternoon, this morning, saying, "So, do you think London will become the global centre for contemporary African art? Um, because no. very few people <laughs> want to go to the continent. I mean, uh, trust the BBC to be diplomatic." Uh, and uh, so, 
I chose to not answer. I left it over to my partner to answer the question um, in the most diplomatic way possible. And I think I'll leave it to BC to comment and to Chab to comment on the issue of uh, shifting global centres, which Antonia raised, but also on the importance of developing local markets. Well, you know, I, I like to think that what I'm doing is not for a, a, a Western market or a London market. In fact, you know, that's barely on my radar. I think what's really important is how can we develop the local market, the market in Nigeria, which is actually extremely vibrant. I mean, I would say that, you know, south, south of the Sahara, you have mm -hmm. South Africa and Nigeria that have a very, very dynamic um, art market. The collectors are there uh, quite active and um, we have, you know, a few that are almost um, obsessive in the way that they collect. Um, but the problem, I would say, with the Nigerian market is that it's extremely conservative. Um, there are very few collectors that are collecting outside of um, painting and sculpture, you know, painting first, then sculpture, a little bit, a very, very tiny little bit of photography that's starting up over the last year or two, and, you know, anything else is um, not yet being considered. But well, that's changing um, with the new spaces that are showing very provocative work, interesting work. They're learning, they're looking, they're engaging, and um, that is changing. So and I we think can expect a Lagos, uh, sorry, uh, art, art Lagos coming yeah, up in the future. You know, you know, watch the space. You know, it could be coming sooner well, than you think. There've been contingents <laughs> of Nigerian collectors in London for sure. Sorry, uh, there've been contingents coming through of Nigerian yeah. collectors mm -hmm. here in London, which is super impressive. It's good because they really want to see, you know, what's out there, and you know, begin to look at it on an international. Also, expand their collection beyond Nigeria. And what about you, Shab? What is your experience yeah. uh, dans le marché uh, ouais. En fait, le, le marché, en fait, c'est pas important. Là où se trouve le marché, c'est pas ça qui est important. Mm. C'est ce qu'il y a au marché. Mm. C'est-à-dire, moi, j'ai une position très, très particulière sur le marché. Euh, je vais vous expliquer juste un petit truc. C'est que euh, euh, au Mali, par exemple, quand on a fait la décentralisation. Quand on a dit aux communes, chaque commune peut se développer par elle-même. La première action des communes, des petites communes, c'est de faire une foire hebdomadaire. So he says that um, it's not where the market is, it's what's in the market, you know, the, the products you have which I, I want to come back to because I don't agree. Um, but <laughs> um, and he said that in Mali, what has um, happened is that, you know, since they've had this um, decentralization from the central government, each um, commune, is that yeah. like an yeah. arrondissement, yeah. each quartier, you know, each, yeah. what do you call it? Neighborhood borough has um, started doing a weekly Fair is it? A weekly? Weekly fair. A weekly yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. For, for everything, for all the products. Yes. Why? All the Pourquoi? Products. Parce que euh, avoir une foire, un marché, ça veut dire vendre ses propres produits euh, à un prix intéressant parce que tu ne voyages pas pour aller vendre sur un autre marché. Je dis bien, tu ne voyages pas, tu es chez toi, tu fais le marché, les gens viennent, ils achètent. Le prix est intéressant. Deuxième chose, c'est que tu as d'autres marchés qui viennent avec leurs 
produit sur ton marché. Et du coup, ça développe l'économie et ça développe aussi les idées des gens. C'est ça qui est important ouais, sur ouais. ces types de marchés. Tu peux traduire, vas-y. Non, non, non. Je suis maintenant oublié. So, so I think that what is it? there's a neighborhood fair, and so the idea is that where everything is sold, and in that context, uh, there's a price that is a local price, price. that is accept accessible to the locals. So, and it is an interesting price. So, it's a it's a price that is set in the local context, but enables uh, a lot of people to participate. It means that artists are able to uh, earn a living. Right and and getting support from their community, which is incredible. But also at the same time, they get used to the idea of uh, that buying art is something. Is that? Ouais, c'est ça, c'est exactement ça. Et donc pour revenir à, à, au marché de l'art africain, il mm. y a une première étape. Nous on a connu. Moi j'ai commencé à ce travail il y a à peu près une vingtaine d'années. Bon, au début, euh, je vendais au Mali. Je, je vendais au Mali. Je faisais des expos en Europe un peu, ça vendait plus qu'au Mali, mais je ne faisais pas de foire. Et puis, il y a une étape, une deuxième étape, c'est mmh. cette étape. Yeah. C'est-à-dire, il y a des endroits dans le monde où on peut rencontrer plusieurs galeries qui présentent des artistes africains. Je ne suis plus le seul, on est plusieurs. Et on voit la diversité du travail des artistes africains. Et ce qui manque à l'étape où on est, ce qui m'intéresse, moi, c'est comment les artistes eux-mêmes peuvent être dans ces foires, pour voir le travail, pour comprendre euh, comment ça se passe. Parce que moi, j'aurais bien voulu avoir deux artistes avec moi ici pour qu'ils voient juste comment ça se passe, comment ça se passe le marché. Parce qu'il euh, euh, y a beaucoup de questions que je me pose, auxquelles j'ai des réponses, et je sais qu'ils se posent les mêmes questions, et j'aimerais qu'ils aient les qu'ils aient la possibilité de voir les réponses possibles. Et c'est ça qui est important, que ce soit à Londres, à Paris, ou à Lagos, mm. ou en Afrique du Sud, c'est comment on est sur une foire, avec quelle qualité de produit artistique, quelle qualité d'art. Parce que je pense que 154 est une très belle foire, une très belle idée. Mais comment rester une très belle foire Mm -hmm. Right. So just to summarize, I apologize to summarize, but uh, basically, so the first step is to start in your home base, but then, mm -hmm. but then moving internationally is a yeah. second step. But it, it provides you with several opportunities to see what other artists are doing, to develop engagement with other audiences, that and experience how other people feel about your work, but also meet other artists and learn and provide those opportunities for exchange. I think this would be also a good opportunity keeping eyes on time to open up to the audience <laughs> and provide an opportunity for exchange. I mean, uh, it would be interesting to hear uh, from people who are actually maybe based on the continent of their ideas or thoughts on uh, their art scenes and how they feel and with any questions. Yes? Is it on? Can you hear me? 
Um, the sales of the artworks at Dubai, mm. did you find that those were primarily to, um, to European collectors or to um, buyers from Dubai itself? Well, I think it's in, in a, a mix, right? I mean, in the, yeah, I mean, Koya's saying it was a mix for her, and I think that's the same for the other um, galleries too. I mean, I think it's hard in the context of Dubai to really kind of categorize people because 80% of people living there are expatriate, and they can be from anywhere in the world, but uh, predominantly South Asia and, and the Arab world, but also European. So it, quite a lot of, I mean, other galleries always tell us they don't know always whether they're selling to somebody who, who lives there or, or abroad. So, I mean, probably Europeans, given the demographic of the fair, Europeans are not so predominant. But I know some of, I, I don't know whether it was Yukoyo or maybe some of the other spaces sold to collectors from Syria, from uh, Saudi Arabia, from the UAE, from, so it, from Iran. Iran. So that's a typical kind of collector base for us. But I guess what BC was saying, and I, I really kind of agree that what was really exciting is that people had uh, an openness to seeing work that they hadn't seen before. They were really excited. They, maybe we can, maybe it's not too generous to say that there was somehow some kind of affinity between um, the artists that they were seeing. I mean, given, it was a huge I diversity. Think, I, think, I, think <laughs> what, I think what was interesting is the fact that, you know, they didn't come with preconceptions. No. If you're in Europe, you know, there's already this history of African art being a certain kind of art. So you don't get anybody saying, oh, that's not African because the artist is working no. in video art or, mm. you know, where the tigers and lions and, you know, that kind of. <laughs> so there isn't that conversation, which is really great. And they're genuinely interested in asking, is that Lagos or is that Dakar? And, you know, it's great. You know, they take you, you know, everybody, there's a level playing field. And it's not really about the fact that you're from Dakar or from you know, Lagos, it's about the art, you know, what is the art saying to them? What is the art about? And that's completely and totally refreshing. Um, sure. Just one more comment. Um, Antonia, we were at the Dubai Art Fair last year and we mm. found it really refreshing. Um, and I think it also broke our perhaps preconceived ideas of Middle Eastern art mm. and that it would be more, I thought it would be more conservative than it was. Mm. And I was really impressed. And I think if Africa had to follow um, a method of, of presenting an art fair, I think that yours should be Would the be, one yeah. that we should follow. Wow, Thanks. thank you. The money that goes with it as well. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were fed. We were well fed. <laughs> <laughs> we do specialize in food. <laughs> we just need so money just for, the, for, for... So there's a gentleman in the white shirt. Hi. Um, I'm the other half of Art yes. South Africa. Okay. Um, I think uh, I follow a lot of these talks and you hear a lot of the sort of similar concerns and issues that a lot of people have and that is that you're going into a new market and people don't really know. Do you, mm. do you find that communication is a big issue in, mm. in this space? Mm. Uh, the right kind of platforms to present what you're doing um, I know the international magazines are trying to follow and they're doing a lot more around African, South African mm. art, but it's still a, sm a fraction and there, there aren't dedicated platforms really for, for our conversations. Do you mm. think there's a huge need for that, Bissi? Sorry, could you, sorry, I think is I there a the dedicated need for, uh, is there a, uh, communication uh, for, communi for a communication platform? Uh, in the fair. 
No, no, on, on the continent oh, for yeah. uh, African uh, art, because as in like, yeah, of course, you know, I mean, that there's so much to be done. Everything yeah, is yeah. needed. Communication, infrastructure, more publishing, Education. more magazines, more, edu you know, everything. But just for, for le dire, en fait, c'est beaucoup déjà ce que, ce que fait euh, euh, CCA, ce que je fais, c'est... Ça, ça ressemble à rien. On a l'impression qu'on est des gros paresseux, mais c'est beaucoup. Moi, je, je vous avoue qu'avoir une galerie pendant euh, 12 ans, c'est beaucoup. C'est-à-dire avoir déjà un programme annuel, présenter régulièrement de, de, une nouvelle expo, euh, euh, assurer le loyer sans aucune aide, sans aide. Je suis heureux d'être là parce que j'ai été aidé pour être là. La francophonie m'a aidé pour que je sois à Londres. Mais tous les jours, je fais ce que je fais avec mes moyens. Et j'aurais voulu au moins faire... J'ai fait euh, 2000-2002, j'ai fait deux catalogues des artistes que j'expose. Mais ça ne se vend pas. Je mets de l'argent. Je ne gagne pas l'argent dans le catalogue. Au bout d'un moment, la communication, ça devient second. Ce qui est important, c'est déjà d'accrocher, que les gens voient qu'ils achètent ou qu'ils n'achètent pas, mais qu'ils voient. Il y a beaucoup de choses à faire et si on se met ensemble, all together, Dubaï, c'est ça. C'est qu'on était cinq galeries africaines. Le jour où on va se connecter en galerie africaine, on va s'organiser, on pourra faire des choses. Mais pour le moment, chacun fait comme la petite fourmi dans son coin et ce n'est pas facile. C'est ça qui est important. So just just to summarize that uh, uh, <coughs> the idea is is that uh, we have a very little support, right? Uh, infrastructure, well, uh, you know, and and you have to do things already are already doing a lot. lot. That mm. there's a lot being done, even though it seems as if there isn't much being done. You know, he's you know working extremely hard without support. He has a gallery. He's you know been around for 12 years, doing yearly programs. But, you know, there's still a lot to be done. So yeah. the important thing, you know, he's published as well. Um, he's put a lot of his own money into the activities that he's doing. But still more needs to be done. And I think that's, you know, what you're saying. And I think he's also saying that when we start working more together, yeah. then, you know, the visibility will increase. But at the moment, you know, everybody is sort of doing their own thing. Yeah. The lady at the back, uh, and then the gentleman right in front. Um, my name is Sandy Obiago. I'm an art um, collector, and I'm also active in the um, art space as a filmmaker and as a presenter. I think, first of all, I'd just like to really commend BC and her group of galleries, uh, Chab, and um, for all the galleries that came to Art Dubai, we were really, really proud of you. Um, I think, um, yeah, they, they really deserve an applause. I think that there is a disconnect between the very progressive work that you're doing and the amount of resources that there are in Africa, especially in the private sector. Yeah. And the issue is that there is an uh, incredible amount of support for the arts. Mm but the dialogue hasn't been established sufficiently yet mm -hmm. because I'm here 
and I'm walking through freeze, mm. and I'm asking myself, 154 galleries should be at freeze. Mm -hmm. What's it gonna take to move you there? Mm -hmm. Money. <laughs> if you were to join together, come up with a proposal, and go to the top collectors and banks and say, for the next three years, our strategy is to be at Basel, to be at Freeze, to be in these various platforms. Give us the support. You would get it. Because it is our desire as well as collectors to see African art showcased and exposed and appreciated. So I think that we're starting to scratch the surface, mm -hmm. but there's so much more to be done. Mm -hmm. And the key is collaboration mm -hmm. and communication. Yeah. Because if you don't ask, mm -hmm. nobody will give you. Yeah. So it's one thing to say we're under-supported, mm -hmm. but it's another thing to ask yourself, what have I done to ask for money? Yeah. You see, because the banks, Everybody wants to go and show. You know Nigerians, we like to show off, <laughs> right? So for a Nigerian bank or for a Nigerian collector to give you the resources, you, you, you're such a fantastic spokesperson, BC. I mean, we're so proud of you. You know, we'll just follow you. But you have to, you have to do long-term planning. She sleeps three hours a day. Exactly. You have to ask and knock on the right doors in, in, you know, long in advance. You will I get do, that money. You will. And I'm praying that next year, this discussion will be at freeze. Thank you. Can I say something? I would like to respond to that very quickly because uh, uh, I feel quite concerned, not only for the marketing phones, please. And, uh, and uh, first, thank you very much, ma'am, because I think that you're putting my sister in trouble now. <laughs> because we, can't, we, we will think, we will uh, rely on her to get yeah. all the yeah. corporate all the sponsorship <laughs> from Nigeria. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I really, I mean, it's wonderful to hear these kind of comments and, and position taking. And I, and I hope that you talk to your fellow collectors and fellow uh, corporate uh, partners. Mm. But uh, I, I cannot quite take the, the, uh, the, the fact that uh, people like BC, like Sharp, or like myself, working in institutional kind of uh, uh, practice within uh, environments that we all know there is money around. So <laughs> we do know, especially in Nigeria, in South Africa, even in Mali and in yeah. Senegal, there is money around. And these people, they know that we do exist. Yeah. They know exactly that we do exist, yeah. but they will not give us money because they have, they will rather pay for a first class ticket, you know, which would fund a, a whole program. So I really, I really believe that uh, it's not only a question of communication or that we are sort of disconnected, like this kind of uh, a, a experimental spaces, but I think that it is rather the education sure, yeah. of private sponsors, of uh, corporate sponsors, that is not far enough yet. Mm, it is on mm, its mm. way, hopefully, yeah. but it's not the fact that, I mean, how much does it take me to 
uh, uh, in Dakar to, to, uh, to fundraise locally. I've just given up because yeah. you will have you have to see yeah, all yeah. these managing directors or communication yeah, directors or marketing yeah, directors yeah. for so many times for yeah, them to yeah. even understand what What's you're doing to yeah. so so even understand yeah. that supporting you is uh, a kind of uh, additional asset for them so it's very nice to hear that uh, uh, there is a growing mm a community of corporate sponsors mm. and uh, private sponsors that would want to support mm. this kind mm. of initiative, mm. yes. we will write to you all, you know? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, that's absolutely true. But what I wanted to get to very quickly uh, before we are over, we are over time over, is that, yeah. mm -hmm. because this, this uh, we had a panel yesterday which is the continuation today with market economies and galleries and exploring new territories. At some point, uh, and this, uh, uh, this intervention is, uh, is, uh, is uh, right for that. Uh, Marker is an amazing initiative within the commercial fair, and really kudos to, uh, to, the, to the thinking and inspiration of uh, Antonia to initiate such a program. It's not only uh, uh, because of the Africa focus this year, but Marker has been focusing uh, on mm. uh, on other regions, and yeah. I think the next region is like uh, Central. Southeast Central. Asia, yeah, and Central Asia, Central, Central Asia, Asia which yeah. is also a region yeah. that is absolutely yeah. underrepresented yeah. globally. Yeah. Uh, so, but what I wanted you to address at some point is. Uh, we were within a false economy. I mm. mean, our, our raw material company is absolutely mm. grateful because mm. being at Mark, participating mm. at market this year saved mm. us from a few no. proposal yeah. writing, yeah. you know, which, <laughs> is, which is a huge relief in, a, in, a, in our daily practice. Mm. Yeah. So how, how do you relate to this idea of mm. false economy? Because mm. everything was funded, so to yeah. speak, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and, uh, and we have been having discussions this year about the possibility to mm -hmm. come back. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I've been saying, I mean, mm -hmm. how can I come back but on my own? Yeah. You know? sure. It's absolutely sure. impossible somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Can I just... Uh, oh, you can. Oh, I don't need... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just to respond quickly to the false economy, it is, in, you know, on one level, but I think that it's a good start for example, Numbuki, you know, they were selling works up to 20,000 US dollars. So if you sold five, that's 100,000. Out of that, some can be put aside for the next year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it's for each individual institution to think about their own strategy and the way in which they want to move forward and what they want to invest in. Um, each year, I could probably, CCA could probably go to another fair. We couldn't cover it all, but we could, you know, start from mm. zero to, we could cover 20%, the year after 50%, the year after 70%, till we get to a stage where hopefully we can go and cover yeah. all our mm. costs. I mean, I'd like to sort of fit in as a, as I guess, as a mm. historian as a and a market analyst. 
for instance, uh, in an African context, uh, as uh, Shabazz uh, said, it, we, are, we are faced with a lot of institutions and organizations having to do everything. For mm. instance, running first floor gallery Harari, we have a split personality mm. as a focused exhibition space, mm. but also running an exhibition program and an educational program. And we cannot give up one without the other because sure. one feeds into developing the artist, right? Uh, what we need is a development of an infrastructure where we have uh, commercial galleries focusing because raw materials doesn't, sh uh, where you have an infrastructure where you have non-commercial activities funded through non-commercial yeah. sources and commercial activities funded yeah. through commercial yeah. sources. The second thing, and this is critical, is that one of the reasons uh, we kind of look at, uh, you know, what I describe as an investment model of philanthropy is that one of the reasons that funding is required is not is because private funding is not accessible. So when I talk to a funder, I want to say, I, said, I don't really, the only reason I talk to you is because what I really need is a bank loan because I don't want to write a report. And there isn't a bank loan available, so I'll ask you for the money. But the reason my, uh, and the objective is to uh, engender long-term sustained growth. Because what you're suggesting is absolutely correct. But uh, to, take, to take an audience that is not used to buying art and create that audience takes maybe 10 to 15 years, yeah. but we need to yeah. live yeah. in between times, yeah. right? There and so, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. It's a, uh, what did you want me to just quick? Okay. I just okay. do yes, super, yes, super yes, short. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, exactly mm. what you were outlining, mm. BC, about kind of this idea that people would make enough money in order to maybe come back with some assistance one year after another, and we would try to get sponsorship to facilitate that. I mean, maybe we're a little bit utopian, yeah. but we're still gonna cling to that dream. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it's, I mean, from Art Dubai's perspective, it's very important that we are representing galleries from the various different art scenes of Africa. It's really crucial. And it's something that we need to build on as we go forward. But I think the other lesson that maybe we learned in Dubai that perhaps is uh, somehow useful or maybe something to think about is just the sense that what happened in Dubai was almost like a kind of homecoming. And a lot of Arab and um, Iranian gallerists and artists have said what was most beneficial <coughs> for them was that finally they had a base that was in the region itself. So it was really sort of turning, uh, sort of a, a turning back. And it, then the, every year in March, the diaspora comes from across Europe and America and, can, and sort of converges on Dubai. And I think that's what makes it really useful. So this idea of London being, a, I mean, obviously London is a capital to everybody, including to the Arab world, but it's obviously crucial to have something in there. And the other thing very quickly was about what the commercial can do in terms of independence. And this is something that's very of heightened concern, I guess, in the Arab world and, and maybe to you too. But, you know, if you're not relying on a government and you're going to a sponsor, I mean, a sponsor, and it, it can be very complicated. It's extremely hard work. You, you're always on shaky ground. You never know from one year to the next, will they support you or not? But within that relationship, you often have an independence that you don't through the public realm. And that's been crucial for our development. It's been amazing. But sorry, so yeah. question. Yeah. One last question. Yes, uh, gentlemen. Um, my name is Pius, yeah, and um, I'm from Ghana. Um, throughout our discussion, there is um, one link that I've, um, you know, I've, uh, I've established, which is we have a very dynamic and incredibly, you know, uh, vibrant art scene, but there is no one telling the story. There is no one actually communicating the work that the artists are doing. Now, one of the reasons why I came here was to really sort of get to know some of the artists and really meet people like BC and then, you know, have a discussion. 
around how we can actually promote the work on the continent. Um, and I wanted to ask a, a question, to, especially to Bessie. Do you see a direct corre uh, correlation between Africa's perception roundly and the perception of our artwork? Is there you know, a direct cor correlation? Through your travels. Just in one word. Yes. Go and write an yes. essay about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I think um, I would. And there, you know, on both fronts, there needs to be a lot more work, a lot more communication um, on the image of the continent, but also of the work that's coming there. That it's. And that's, I think, what a lot of us have been trying to do, that it's extremely diverse. I think that was a concern um, when we went to Dubai, that you can have somebody like Ablade Glover, who works in a more traditional way, and these are the, but engaging with topics that are very important today, you know, the changing um, landscape um, um, in African cities, or you could have somebody from um, raw material that's, you know, dealing with maybe the impact of religion on in cities today in Africa, um, or, you know, CCA, for example, dealing with, um, like, a sound artist um, dealing that's collecting, um, you know, that's documenting the change in cityscape through sound. So I think that, and most people think, you know, it's nice images of, you know, tigers and lions and whatever, I don't know. Um, so, you know, there, there has to be that, you know, work, that development, that presentation and that projection that shows that there's a diversity of artistic practice coming but, out of the country, but, out of the continent and, you know, but there isn't a very, there isn't anything you can define as being African. Because yeah. we are cultural ambassadors, like in our experience, I mean, first of all, Gallery Harari has sort of done exhibitions now in, say, Bangkok and Paris and Berlin, and at every stage we find that we become uh, cultural ambassadors uh, for the country and advocates for the country and for changing perceptions. I mean, one of the first comments that we had when we had an exhibition in Paris was, oh my God, but this looks like contemporary art. And we said, wow, yes. <laughs> you know, but this doesn't really look African. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's, it's contemporary, you know. And so, and, and so, in a way, art becomes, uh, because we're in an international forum, we do have that chance to influence opinions. Uh, in a way, in a way that news media prevents us from doing often, because which is saturated with negative imagery, you know, and all the stereotypes that we really. So art is actually a really important vehicle for changing stereotype perceptions. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to. Uh, Hello, I just wanted to uh, add something. Um, that uh, the wonderful lady said before, uh, uh, because she was saying that she would like to see us at Freeze and uh, and at other places. Uh, if you if you know the the shyness of uh, of these established spheres to to consider, uh, I'm not even talking including, but to consider even looking at. Uh, contemporary uh, uh, proposals. I mean, gallery proposal mm -hmm. from from Africa is like null comma null five percent, so to speak. I mean, it took Stevenson ten years or eight years to get it's into freeze. I, I mean, yeah. it took Goodman many years to mm. get into freeze. So I really I, I, and one fifty four is uh, is a kind of response to that. Why do we have to? 
wait to be included. We have to create our own spaces and we have to create our own languages. So I was very happy. Uh, um, I mean, during the whole preparation of this event, I mean, I'm, a I'm an institutional person. I'm not really a fair person. It's the very first time that I engage into uh, affair like this, but I did it out of militantism. I did it because I felt the duty to do it and to help to reestablish this mm, event. Mm, mm, so uh, I don't think that my dream is not to see galleries participate mm. into 154 to apply to freeze in a few years. I think my dream is to see 154 develop and take another wing at Somerset mm, House yeah. next time, <laughs> you know. And, and really develop a whole and, and a, a, a real platform that has a truly uh, uh, African ownership and that has a truly, uh, you know, uh, discourse about that. I mean, uh, Freeze is fantastic. I mean, we are not stupid. We are happening in the same week because we know the importance of uh, of that fair. And uh, but I think that we should not do the same mistakes like mm. in the 60s, taking mm. over languages that are not ours, mm. but we have to develop our own languages, mm. you know. Uh, I, think, I think this is an appropriate time. We've gone well over time because it was uh, such a wonderful discussion. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank you, the panel.